0: Rogers, who the only place he's going to take it to is the toilet bowl. And then you got Brett Farr who will take you to the wow. Super Bowl.
1: I do like me a triple butter burger cheese. The works, you know, ketchup, mustard, pickles.
2: Could the package be really good? Yeah, I, I certainly would love that. But also to say that, does this look like a rebuild? Probably. If you think we're in a rebuild, then you got the wrong team. QB1,
0: man. Come on, man. Let's QB in the lead right now. So up, Money? <laughs>
2: What's up guys? This is Jeff Janis.
0: And Janice, there's a stop it! Oh please! What a cat! It's insane!
3: You're listening to the Poor Man's Packers Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers Podcast, the Moore Packers Podcast in the state of our minds. I am Spencer joined this week with Billy and Todd Boys. Hello,
3: hello. Greetings, gentlemen,
1: and welcome to another edition. I mean, this this team just can't stop at this point. Packers winning 19-27 to against the Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs at Lambeau Field. The team is now 6-6 six and six and the 7th seed in the NFC, which is pretty fucking crazy. Everything is awesome right now. Uh, on this week's episode, we'll talk about the game, breakdown offense, defense, take news. We're going to talk briefly about Aaron Rodgers. I'm just curious. You know, there was some comments after the game that LaFleur said about love. You kind of wonder if he was taking a shot at Rodgers. So I'm just curious. I want to talk about where you think this team would be if Rodgers stuck around with this young core. We'll have his kind Idiots some Packers trivia. And then, of course, preview the Giants game. But, yes, opening thoughts. Packers won 19-27, which was actually the score I predicted just flipped <laughs> going into the game. But my God, we had the dip in the year where everything was awful. I said it was the worst I felt about the franchise since I've been a fan of the team. Team sucked. Didn't think we had a quarterback. And now I wake up and it's like my life is a dream. We have, we have a quarterback. We have a team competing for a, the playoffs right now. And I'm so fucking stupid and caught into it. I'm like, if we don't play the 49ers in the playoffs... I think we have a chance of making a Super Bowl. Like I I'm, I'm like we could beat the Cowboys, we could beat the Eagles, and a month ago I thought we could potentially have the first overall pick. So are you guys handling this as well as I am or are you crazy as well?
2: I mean, imagine not believing in Jordan Love from day 1, right? Like we mm-hmm. <laughs> Spencer almost spit out his beer. Uh, the uh yeah, I mean the last three weeks have been amazing. I saw it coming all along. I think he was my season favorite, most important person, all of the above. Um but no, uh yeah, it's been pretty amazing and feels pretty crazy to have maybe a third quarterback that could stick around for three or four contracts.
1: Yeah, especially when like you just look around well we talked about last week just the nfc a lot of teams don't have a decent quarterback but just the nfc north like again i i'd rather have jordan love than just about anyone else kirk is dead
2: justin fields might as well be (laughs) and we all know what jared goff is man
1: yeah jared jared goff is the new kirk cousins there you go that's that's my take that i'm thinking about that's actually he is is the new kirk cousins
2: yeah that's that kind
3: of fits I mean, Spencer, you hit the nail on the head and we've had this conversation multiple times over the last couple of weeks. I mean, shit, a month or five or six weeks ago, we were talking about, do we tank? Do we fire everybody? (laughs) Is Matt LaFleur going away in the off season? Like, is Jordan Love the quarterback beyond 2024? And now sitting here December 6th and all of a sudden we've won four or five and it's like... Matt LaFleur's got something here. Like Jordan Love is the quarterback of the future. I'm not I'm not going to say he's Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre, but he's a guy that, you know, right now, if we re-signed him to a three-year extension beyond next season, I would absolutely take it in a heartbeat.
0: Is yeah. Jordan
1: Love him? <laughs> I think I declared him him like after the Saints game, and then right after that, I was like, ooh. And then now well, it's like. Yeah, he's he is him. He's he is him. him. And the thing, too, is... it's And I think it was more abrupt or noticeable this week. But just the command of the yes. offense. We talked about it early on, too, how some plays early this year, there weren't cans. You know, the media kind of right. found out. They were like, wait, every play doesn't have a can? And Matt LaFleur is like, no. And then this week, it happened multiple th- times. I think six different times, uh... Love can to play, and just the way he gets up to the line and everything, he doesn't look lost anymore, and it's just back to how early in the year, the offense was so fucking bad, we were saying, we can't even evaluate Jordan Love, because nothing around him is good, and now, everything is at least solid, and then Jordan's kind of, you know, the the straw that's stirring the drink, and we have one of the better offenses in football the last three weeks. It's just, it's I don't know... If there could ever be a turnaround of a team in season in her lifetime than what we've had the last month.
2: But think, think back to, like, obviously, 2010 is a different team. It's made up of different, you know, strengths and weaknesses. But, like, the way that that team came together in December and in the playoffs was, like, and I'm not saying that this is the same thing, but it's like the way that they're coming together feels the same. It feels the same to me, right? Like the way you saw the teams come together and then like there's all of a sudden, it's like there's chemistry, win a bunch of games. Obviously, the playoffs were amazing, win the Super Bowl. Not saying it's going to happen, but it's like it feels that way right now in early December.
3: I think that's a fair point, but also remember that 2010 team, Never trailed by more than seven points throughout the entire season. I forgot about that. Well, we've so, been in so many one oh, score games right. too. They have lost funny. so many games, but it was like, man, if we could just put it all together, like we were, we were right there that entire season. But we've Whereas kind with, of been right there. We have been that. We, we haven't lost these games. guys. It it's been more like, God, the offense is dog shit. But if we could put it together, I mean, remember for the first half of this year, it was like, God, we can't score, a fucking point in the first half (laughs) at one point my bold prediction was we would score 10 points or more in the first half of a football game which is insane and
1: you started with a touchdown and we almost let you have it right yeah it's been i don't know it's been fucking nuts but it i that's the thing it's we're talking in training camp too how this team could be dog shit or if they put it together with this young core they could be really good and now it's like fuck are with an nfc being as weak as it is right now there's there's an alley if someone else could take out the big dog the 49ers
3: think we can make i mean
2: i don't love playing the eagles either but
3: no but but you know i don't know i i made the comment to spencer like if we played the eagles in philadelphia in the playoffs like out of 10 tries how many chances do you think we would have to win i'd say about three yeah i said yeah it's not it's not none it, it it's not a you know we're gonna go there and we're gonna get the shit kicked out of us it's If the game goes right, we have a chance. Philadelphia is still a really good team, but if you know something fluky happens or a a ref misses a call, and there were plenty of missed calls at the end of the Chiefs game, you know something it could still go our way. I when we
2: the 2010 season were we a six seed? Yes, we were the first six seed to win a Super Bowl. Come on, bro! Super Bowl, and then because a seven seed. Well, obviously well, that there didn't was no such then. thing as a seven seed
1: and then the next year the giants also did it did I believe, it okay
2: against, yep yep I, I, I guess what i'm saying too is like it. Fe- this, this is where you want to be i feel like like yes. i don't feel like okay like in previous seasons with rogers and everything where we have really good teams it's like don't screw it up like that's my in my head and i'm like we just can't. We got to go out there and perform and don't lay an egg and don't screw up. It, like It's preseason until the postseason is yes. what it's been the last three right. years with Rodgers. I said it last week. But now it feels like, like I said, the way I felt in the tw- 2010 season where it's like, we're the underdog. And like, but I don't feel bad about going into any stadium today, right? Like we could we're, go into any stadium today and win
3: as the underdog. And that's like such a fun feeling we're the hot team that nobody wants to play. Exactly. And granted, there's still five more games left in the regular season. So there's Mm -hmm. a lot of football to be played. But if the season ended right now, we're that team that other teams are like, I don't don't want to see them coming into our place. And we haven't been able to be this for 15 years. Because
1: once 2010 happened, Rogers was the guy, you know, and that's what it's been ever since. And now, even though I'm very high on the team, I, I'm so optimistic because, like you're saying, we're, we're a young, plucky team. And usually I have, like, the fear. You know, you're a 13-3 team going to the yep. playoffs. I'm like, like you said, Todd, don't fuck it up. And now I'm like, we can fuck it up. We're a young team. We got a lot of seasons ahead of us. With this We're playing with house so- money. Like, if, yeah, we into playoffs, play. if we go to the playoffs, if we go to
2: the playoffs... That's a winning season for yeah, us. Yeah, now,
1: now watch. We're going to go like one one and four here on out. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, that, Quiet.
2: Yeah. I just like, I feel like we're on such a high right now, right? Like everybody's feeling good right now. This team is like on the incline, and it's a steep incline. Like we're getting really, we're getting better every week. This week, I think, is going to be a lot of fun, but hopefully, guess, opening thoughts, that's all I have very good yes offense we'll get right
1: into it we talked about him a little bit there but jordan love i mean fuck man it's it's night and day it's so weird he's a different guy he's still got the loosey goose like arm angles and sometimes you know he's bouncy with his feet but fuck it's it's hard not to be excited (laughs) having him being your quarterback jordan love once again you know he's really good over the last three games this win streak uh, i believe zach cruz tweeted this out a 68.5 percent completion percentage 857 yards, eight touchdowns, zero picks, 116 pass rating, and 49 rushing yards. Pretty, pretty good. And I mean the offense again. Here's here's another um, fun little quarterback stat for the Packers. Jordan Love has gone four games with three or more touchdown passes and zero picks. If he gets five, and this is I believe a Zach Cruz tweet too, it's a much bigger deal because you look at former Packer quarterbacks. Who have had five games of three or more touchdowns and zero picks? Those seasons are Rodgers winning MVP in 2020, Rodgers winning MVP in 2014, running the table in 2016, Rodgers winning MVP in 2021, winning MVP in 2011, and then Favre winning MVP in 1995. So it's like this is historical. Okay, for, seasons. Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty decent seasons. Um, and then again, his completion percentage. This is kind of a bad stat. It's up to 61% on the year, which is good for 27th in the league, but again, that 68% that he's had over the last three games, that would be good for 6th best in the NFL. Obviously, that's incredibly hot for him, but God, going up against some pretty decent defenses, especially the last two weeks, pretty fucking crazy, but again, the stats are one thing, but man, he just looks in control. Um he can't. He still can't really throw the deep ball. He didn't have any last week that I can remember. But it's just those intermediate throws. Well,
2: the dubs ball. Are you? I mean, that
3: was a thirty-three that, yard ball, I think. That yeah, that fourth down. That's
1: but that, but that's not a deep shot. If if uh, if Love over him on that one, it would have been picked. You know what I mean? Like it had to. It did have to drop into a basket there. Yeah. Um. But either way, I mean, Christian, are you call him like a
2: deep ball. Him leading a guy like down the sidelines, like. I mean, it like was being like a the coverage.
1: Year, I'm I'm saying like once again, we've complained all year about Jordan Love throwing too short, and if he overthrew Dubs on that, it would have been an interception. That's not what our complaints have been about with his deep ball all year. You know what I mean? Yep. So, either way, I mean the Watson touchdowns too. The second one, that's a play where if that happens week four, it looks like the offense is out of sync. You know, like the Luke Musgrave in the end zone touchdown or uh, pass attempts we've had. Where it was in the only spot where Christian Watson could get the ball. And they were on the same page. And it worked out in the red zone. Seven points. Incredible. And then that first one that he had, too, where he's kind of moving around in the pocket. That's another thing he's been getting better at. You think he might start putting his head down. He's going to rush. But no. Sets his feet again. And fucking finds Watson for the touchdown. That was beautiful. That was awesome. It it just awesome. And the, the Ben Sims touchdown. That was cool, too. But, yeah, again, the biggest thing is still the command that he has of this offense, and I'm just elated. Very, very happy, as I've said all along, this Jordan Love, we should have moved on sooner, you know? (laughs) I I, I, I never never said that.
2: The thing that is really, like, I look at the box score every week kind of like as we're talking about this stuff, and the thing that really, like, jumps out to me the last few weeks is, like, like this week. Last week it was a similar thing. He's got 10 different receivers he targeted this last week. Mm -hmm. Completions to nine of them. You know, one of them was Patrick Taylor, whatever. But I think it was a screen or something like that. But, anyways, like the way he's spreading the ball out, he's still hitting. I mean, you look at two guys with 70 yards, you got two guys with about 40 yards. It's just like, and then like Reed was the the least performer. He did, performer. Hardly, he did, did nothing, and he normally is the guy to <laughs> yeah, go to. I mean, he's right, exactly. a guy who still has f- – he had four catches on the day, right? So it's like the way that he spreads the ball around I think is really impressive too. He's not just going to like two guys he's got chemistry with, right? Like n- not a QB coach, but it like feels like he is like running the offense no matter who's in there, spreading the ball out, going through the reads. Like another thing that was super impressive too, like – when those cans are coming in now they work right like yes i still think you watch the play it's like okay there's motion stuff like that that takes time i think in the future maybe he has a little bit more time the can comes a little quicker it, i guess i'm saying it feels like it's a little late sometimes like he's got like two seconds left by the time he snaps uh, it i like that there was like four <laughs> seconds left and he canned a play and i'm like huh huh and then it worked out I like it when it works, but it makes me really nervous when he cans a play with like, like you're saying, like six seconds, and it's like, okay, what if somebody has to move here? But I don't know. Like, obviously, but he knows how, what he's doing. How
3: many times last year did we complain about Rogers, you know, going up to the line yep. of scrimmage and dosy doing and changing the play yep. and doing all this shit, and then he angrily throws his chin strap down and calls a timeout? Well, that's the with, PTSD. You know, Eleven minutes left <laughs> in the first quarter. It's like we absolutely bitched about it last year. Jordan Love is coming right down to the wire, but it it just feels like he's in control
2: of it. And he's not winging it. Like, the can is going to another play that's going to work, I'm assuming, based on an opposite coverage, right? Like, hey, it's not what this play is designed for. Run this you'd, instead. You'd
1: hope he's checking into a play that he thinks will be
2: more successful, yes. He's not just making up a play, which yeah, felt yeah, like yeah. what Rodgers did sometimes. And sometimes it worked, right? Like, two-minute drill, Rodgers, I... I'll take him over anybody in the last two minutes. That's the Jared
1: like, Cook catch against the Cowboys is drawn up.
2: And like when he breaks or pass, he yeah. used to break down the plays in the, in the press conference afterwards. It's like, well, he was here. So I threw it down and outside. And that's like literally like that type of stuff is amazing. We're not going to get that from Jordan Love for 10 years. I don't know. It's going to take a while. Right. But like what he's doing right now is super impressive. They canning the plays. They're working. He's spreading the ball out. I'm just I'm I'm all in on Jordan Love now. <clears throat> like I said I was from the start. I just had to throw a little fluff out here on the pod, but it does seem like we're
1: at the point of no return now for him being him. Now it's he's him and when he's not him, he's done. There's no especially this year he's him for the rest of this year, next yes. year for sure.
2: After that then it's like okay, if he f- fucking falls off, maybe we talk about it, but He's the guy. We just hadn't seen it. Like, and now we see it. And these last three games have been amazing. I mean, we go up against, this has got to be like the worst defense in the league we're going up against, right? Uh, those, in yeah. the Giants. It's one of the bottom. So well, like, how, how many times are we going to say that this year too? You know,
1: because we, we said that earlier this year when we were going up against the Raiders and then the Broncos. The Broncos. A
2: bed. But even in the last three weeks, we've gone up against decent defenses, mm-hmm. like maybe not yards wise and stuff like that, but decent scoring defenses. And he's looked awesome.
3: I mean, so going into this game, the Chiefs' defense was really the unit that was keeping the Chiefs in these games yep. that they played. And so I felt more concerned, honestly, about our offense scoring on them than I did about our defense stopping them. And I think you you might have you know recognized that in my score prediction, 24-14 Kansas City, right? So for Love to go in there, we've talked about it changing the play at the line of scrimmage making plays out of that the the comfort in the pocket i mean the the throws with anticipation and it's hard to see the anticipation on the tv broadcast but the qb school with jt o'sullivan i've started watching it this year with love Mm -hmm. it's it really helps me understand what it is to play quarterback like his footwork on that first touchdown to watson like His feet are completely off center after he steps up in the pocket. He just bounces quick once and just slings a dart to Watson. It helps that Watson is wide open, but just understanding the footwork and understanding the timing. It's something i never thought about before, but then it also helps you understand, you know, he's throwing this ball before this dude is even thinking about breaking like the Romeo Dobbs, the fourth and one, like, And he points it out on the video, like Dobbs first looks back to Love and realizes, oh shit, the ball is gone already. Takes four more steps. Finally finds the ball and it's just feathered in there perfectly. Could the Chiefs have played better defense? Absolutely. But I mean, still a ridiculous play, a ridiculous throw by Jordan Love on that.
1: Yeah. And that was a crazy one to watch live because I'm sure everyone did the same thing where it's like, okay, fourth and one. Okay. He got it off. At least he did that. And then you see it. It's like, Dobbs isn't even looking. He's never, oh, he turned. Oh my God, he caught it. How did he not get killed on, on that reception too? Because there was like three guys all around him. But. Right. Pass catchers start there. Uh, Dobbs, Watson, Wicks, Reed, Malik, Heath, Tucker, Craft, Ben, Sims. Dobbs. Uh, this is gonna. This is gonna sound dumb. So prepare yourself. He's he is kind of that Devonte Adams replacement, where he seems to just have games where. I don't think he does a ton, and then you look after and you're like, oh shit! You know he had four catches, seventy-two yards. I'm like, oh, that's better than I thought he did do. You know, coming out of the game, and again, that fourth down catch was just remarkable. Just the fact that he went up to try to catch it—that's a ball where if it's MVS, what I don't even
2: want to. Well, we got to see what it would be for <laughs> Yes, yeah. I mean, yeah,
1: and uh, and well, should we talk about? I don't even want to talk about no. the ref shit. Uh, this is the thing I'll say. And I know it's a joke. People are like, oh, he would have dropped it anyways. I don't even think he would have dropped it. He was just so out of position, as he always does on those deep balls. He would not have high-pointed that ball or anything. He was just, he does that shit where he's not even good at trying to get a flag because he
3: never jumps up to get those balls. He but. he has to be like two steps out in front of anybody yes. to make a catch on a i will still ball like drop that. it. Yeah, yeah, half the time. Uh, Christian Watson
1: continued where he left off in Detroit: seven catches, 71 yards, the two touchdowns. I still think he's going to be an extremely, and it's been the season last season, hot and cold player. It's weird how much confidence comes up with him, just the mental aspect of things. Because they've even talked about it this year. How he's like, he's got to get his head right and believe in himself again. It seems like that's what's been going on. Um, the like I said, the confidence thing, and God, the fucking hammy dude. I don't know if I've ever seen a player give themselves
3: up and pull their hammy. I think he he was trying to stop on a dime, stay in bounds, run the clock. Like, He's, he's I, got, got bad gonna, breaks. I'm not going to blame him for that. It, like you said, yeah, bad break. It's frustrating for sure, but it's one of those where it's like he's, tr- he's trying to make the smart play. He's trying to do the right thing, and... His next just pops. It's bad
1: luck. His next challenge for me is to get hurt and come back into the game because I don't think that's ever happened with him in his two years. I've talked about it a few times how in Detroit last year, him and Aaron Jones got banged up in the first half, didn't play in the second half, and then they both played the next game. We lost that game. If we had won that game, we would have made the playoffs. And I think, you know, both of those guys or either one of them would have really helped in the second half. Um also, I don't know what he does with these touchdown celebrations. I like the backflip before and the Lambo leaps, but now he just does it a little goofy like
2: Oh, like the Victor Cruz.
1: I was gonna say it's like a mini but not as culturally sound little wiggle that he does. I don't know. It's uh, do you remember we're, do you we're remember too old
3: for that, Spencer? We don't understand.
1: The Sunday night Packers Giants game in like twenty thirteen, I think it was where Victor Cruz caught a touchdown and NBC played a little salsa song with it while he was doing the celebration. That was ridiculous. Nothing- I for
2: sure didn't watch it. I was probably too angry cuz I hate Victor Cruz and if they played salsa music, that would just be the icing. I mean, that's horrible. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got
1: a big gripe against salsa music?
2: I just don't like Victor Cruz. He's he the yeah. way he would like fall down so nobody can know, hit you, him. You,
1: oh you my god. I hate like him. Tyler Lockett now, uh, Dontavian Wicks three catches, forty three yards. Just once again, you know, twenty five snaps. He's going to get you a bunch of yards. I'd like to still see more of him. Jaden Reed, we talked about a little bit, a little underperforming at the four reception, sixteen yards. Didn't have a single carry. And then Malik Keith once again had a catch, which was
2: oh, and what put him in the spin cycle? Yes, I forgot. Not totally spin broke, cycle. Broke, broke his broke ankles. Broke dude's
1: though. ankles. Yeah, that was pretty neat. Um, and I'm going to throw this out there. You know, I said it during training camp too. But I think this young receiving core is what's going to carry this team in the future. The one thing I think we can hang our hat on with this team for what we have talent wise is this receiving core. Cause fuck, I we talked about it during training camp, but I wouldn't be shocked if in the future we have some remake of that sports illustrated cover. I was just gonna say that. I know we talked about it in training camp too, but they're just so but it's real talented. Though. Yeah, and that's the thing. You look at the receivers. You have Christian Watson, the deep threat guy who can, who can you know spread the field. You have Romeo Dobbs, the possession guy. You got Jaden Reed, the gadget guy. I feel like has a negative the, connotation, the flashy
3: slot guy.
1: But he can do a little bit of everything too. You know, right. he's he's a big bulky slot guy who can do whatever. And then you have Wicks, who's the yards after the catch guy. And then you have your goon in Malik Heath. And then you have Samari Ture, who's hopefully going to be cut
3: soon. So that's that's where I'm at. Uh, well, and you you have Musgrave or Kraft, who's you know the athletic tight end yes. that can make plays down the because down the field. JerMichael yes.
2: Finley was also in the. Do you put Kraft and JerMichael right. Finley on the outsides, and then you put the rest on the inside? Because in the picture, Finley is off to the would be the the cameraman's left.
1: Well, that that's what's going to be tough. Because who do you cut out of the picture? We got you don't have, you just you
2: add you add one.
1: We're deeper with weapons than we were when we what went 15 and one and in, in 2000 who has to be greg I jennings though Ugh. um I don't, i'd say i'd say aj dillon because i don't really like aj dillon uh, tucker craft three for 37 he had the passing of the torch moment when he got pushed out on the sideline and travis kelsey helped him up obviously that's Maybe the uh, Space Jam basketball power is getting transferred to him. Obviously, we know Tucker Craft's going to be a beast here on out, and I can't remember the last time we had a pass catcher who welcomed contact the way Tucker Craft does. Because especially in this game too, yeah. he just lowers his shoulder, and even he'll be like a yard from the boundary, and instead of going out, he lays the wood on like yes. a small corner. And I just fucking lo- we haven't had. One, to do that on the field is nice because, you know, you get more yards. But two, that mindset is just something this offense has been missing for, I don't know, since like Eddie, Eddie Lacy's probably the last guy who who welcomed contact as much as T- Tucker Craft does, don't you think?
2: It's a good question. Eddie's definitely, he's definitely fits the bill. It's got to be somebody, somebody since then.
3: Maybe not. We've had Dominique a soft offense. I don't
1: know. <laughs> The way I mean, A.J.
3: Man. Dillon has been playing the last several weeks, I would say him. I, I guess A.J. But. Dillon lately. I, that yes. works. Well, yeah, we'll get to him next to uh, Ben
1: Sims, one catch, one yard, one touchdown. Pretty fucking awesome. Did the nice little lambo. One lambo Lee. Yes. Very good. Uh, running the ball, like you said, A.J. Dillon, Patrick Taylor, James Robinson, LOL. Uh, A.J. <laughs> Dillon, eight, 18 for 73, a 4.1 average. And I would say the most impressive thing about that, is his longest run was 10 yards with a 4.1 average, meaning he was getting decent chunks every time he touched the ball. You know, I'm, Once again, I still I don't like the guy, whatever. Uh, Patrick Taylor, 2 for 29, a more productive running back. They just didn't let him get the ball as much. Uh, his long run of 24 where he probably should have ran out of bounds. Should have ran
2: out of bounds both of those
1: plays. Yeah, yeah, but I, don't, I, I was watching, I was like, hardly paying attention I'm like, oh yeah shit he probably should have ran out of i bounds. was
3: i was screaming at the tv actually i texted one of my friends <laughs> after the second one is patrick taylor allergic to going out of bounds come on yeah he might have that awareness of zero in in
1: madden uh james robinson had his one carry for two yards and was cut on monday <laughs> i mean that poor guy. He's been cut and released like four different times now. He finally actually gets to play. Gets one carry two yards. Well, like, all right. And you know what's even better?
2: <laughs> he had one catch for minus two yards. So yeah, that's right. It. That little no screens. <laughs>
1: And then the Packers signed Kenyon Drake this week to the practice squad. I think that is an interesting signing. I wish we would have just signed him early on because he right. he seems to fit the offense a little bit more too, and I think he's more spry than. James if it was twenty
2: nineteen, we would it would be a mean backfield. Mm-hmm. And speaking of a mean backfield,
1: hey, second week in a row, the actual stud of the offense, Henry Pearson played,
2: he had those cool little orbit <laughs> motions, in recorded the backfield. one penalty. <laughs> did, That's it. Didn't he too? was the he was the offsides on the kickoff. Fuck yes, you're, you're right. I forgot yes. about that. Or forty four. Yeah, I think he only
1: had nine snaps on offense. He started too.
2: running. I think before Carlson started running to kick it, he was so far offsides. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I, uh, I don't know. He's just goofy. He's got the long hair coming out the back of his helmet too. And I'm sure he knows what he's doing, but when I watch him, I'm like, this guy is just running around. Especially the orbit motion thing is so funny because
2: he's just, he's like, I don't I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to run around and but I get like, open. I'm imagining that he is just like the epitome of like, the guy that shows up to football practice and like doesn't know what to do, but he's running a hundred miles an hour no matter yes. what. And the coach is like, just run that way. She just <laughs> runs that way all the way to the sidelines.
1: That's why he made the practice squad, you know. Matt's like, I can't
2: get rid of this guy. He's trying so hard. Watch he's, he's sweat super after smart. He's like John Coon smart or something like that. Like knows the whole offense. We're just idiots. Yeah, he's a rocket scientist or something.
1: Uh the offensive line. Uh, Walker, Yash, Elton Jenkins, Josh Myers, uh, uh, Runyon, Zach Tom, whatever, they all played. So they did do the rotation, but I believe Yash only had one series and (laughs) her boy Sean Ryan only had one. So the group only allowed the two sacks, which is pretty solid going against the Chiefs. But I would say the last two weeks is probably the best they've done as a unit for the season, especially once again, going up against two pretty good defenses. And... I think Myers has improved his game a bit. Running still not great, but Elton Jenkins and Zach Tom getting healthy seems to be the thing that's really pushing us along. But I mean, we we had our boy Sean Ryan out there for the one series, which it's odd that they didn't put him in until the
2: fourth. Well, it didn't quarter? look good when he was out there either for the first time.
1: Second snap, and that's the thing we're like, man, he's a beast in the run game. But the question has always been, how is he pass blocking? Second snap.
2: Chris Jones just fucking embarrasses We should like, bring oh. him in as an extra lineman. That's what we should do. Is like
1: that's what we did with Royce Newman
2: on the Ben right. Sims touchdown. Like we should bring him in and just put him at tackle and kick either side tackle out because I don't really want him on the edge. But like you know what I mean? Like that would actually that, be fun.
1: That or I would give him like a series in the first quarter. You know, get his feet wet. Whatever. Like when
2: we run the ball four times in a row with AJ Dillon?
1: That's what I'm saying. That, but then in the fourth quarter, when we have a lead because we're a great football team now, and we're going to start have, having to milk games, you know, probably the next nine games here on out, we're going to have to start milking them in the second half. Um, put him in to be the run blocking guy. You know, if we're going to run more in a series, this is such yep. stupid talk. But it's like just put in the better,
2: better run blocker. guy. I feel like we're bro. Alabama and we have two different quarterbacks. So we got to sub <laughs> yeah, in and out. Yeah. This guy um, can't throw. This guy can't run. <laughs>
1: uh and then yeah I I don't know what else I think Josh Myers has been a little bit better lately too like when he's getting out in space he's actually getting to his guy which I appreciate instead of not getting to his guy and that guy blowing up a play so I would say that's been an improvement Billy you got something
3: I was gonna say I thought the offensive line as a whole held up pretty well I mean going into the game I mentioned that Chris Jones is a game wrecker one of the best defensive linemen in the league We've struggled with those kind of guys. Max Crosby, you know, won uh, earlier in the year. He didn't have a tackle in this game. Yeah. So I feel like we did a pretty good job. I mean, I'm not going to say that the offensive line was perfect. And I think this also shows the growth of Jordan Love because there were multiple plays where, you know, say Rashid Walker got walked back into the quarterback and Jordan Love is like, okay, I'm going to throw it over here, make a completion, you know, bail us out of, a potential disaster here. So um, really just all around good football on offense, the wide receivers, um, you know, I, I'm not going to say that every throw from Jordan Love was perfect. They've started to bail him out a little bit. And we didn't see that earlier in the year. There's still room for growth. Uh, Heath had a, a big drop on what would have been a chunk play, but you know, that that catch by fourth on fourth and one that I mentioned by Dobbs, Great play by him. The catch by Watson on the second touchdown, like that's a fantastic catch. Regardless of what a throw it was by Love, it's a great catch.
1: I agree. Yes. Ah, uh, fuck. I had something. I I don't remember. I
3: don't know. I'm just I'm just so happy. I
1: after the Broncos game was the lowest of lows. Uh, it yes. turned into, you know, I I have to watch this team on Sundays, and now it's back to
3: I get to watch this team on Sundays. Right. And it's just fun too, right? Like every single week, like we see the progress from Jordan love. We see the progress in the young receivers and the defense continues to play pretty well. It's, it's fun to see that growth and that progress. Whereas before, like you were kind of saying, Todd, it's like, Oh my God, just don't screw it up. Like, just, Mm. just get a win. Like you're expected to get to get a win against these guys. And now it's, it, you're just watching for the enjoyment to see the growth and maybe see the future and all of a sudden it's like shit we might be a playoff team we better be that,
1: that's the a fix. season it's, ended it, today it's funny how now if, if we don't make the playoffs this season is
2: going to be you know it'll be like, still ah. be we'll still be really excited it'll still be good but
1: it'll be like, oh fuck that didn't happen but yeah whatever uh, with that a quick commercial break and we are back with the defense the defense I don't, this Joe Barry thing is just, it, it. it's like a future Spencer problem, I feel like. Like, right now, I, I cannot complain. This defense is pretty fucking good. You know, again, good stat, bad stat. We are ninth in points. We are 18th in yards, and we are eighth in the red zone. I think, actually, on offense and defense, we're eighth in the red zone. But we just can't complain about the job Joe Barry's doing. He's going to be back next year for sure. And now I'm like... God, in a vacuum, if you're going to judge them on one year, the defense has been pretty fucking good this year, you know? And I do – I had this thought during the game. So, obviously, the last few weeks especially, we've been getting more shots of Joe Barry up in the press box. I wonder how much of that is affecting the defense playing better. Because, again – and it's not like I'm a fucking genius or anything. But, like, last year during the Titans game – I was third row, and I'm watching everything. I'm like, this is cool. I get to look at players, go to trainers. You know, Roger's walking off the field and not talking to anyone and ignoring Tom Clemens. And then Joe Barry's just kind of pacing back and forth, and I know he's got guys talking to him in his headset and everything, but it's just him. But now you're seeing him up in the press box. He's got, I think it's the safety coach next to him, and then he's got the other guy behind him with the binoculars, and I feel like it's more of a like inclusive i don't know like everyone kind of joining in on on calling this defense here and i think that's kind of why he stuck around as well is matt didn't want to move on from him but he wanted to have him stick around and just maybe put more of his spin on what joe was doing with his defense because it's not like joe barry came up with a fucking defense dom capers you obviously had his mike petten had his doms or dom uh Joe Barry's just kind of going with what uh, Staley kind of showed him, you know? And now I'm like, well, if we just keep this up, I know it's it's still like a very boring defense, but you can't complain with the
3: results, you know, especially going up against fucking
1: Patrick Mahomes and holding him at
3: 19 points. Here's, well, uh, I'm going to look at this game, just this single yeah. game in a vacuum, okay? I think Matt LaFleur did an excellent job of dictating pace of game and game flow to the Chiefs. Taking time off the clock with the offense. I mean, in that first half, the Chiefs had what? Three possessions? Four? I mean, for the game, they had maybe eight or nine. The first half was so fucking
1: quick in this game. That was like the. It was an hour later, and the first half was over. Right.
3: Five possessions, right? It was ridiculous. So, so. Very low possessions for Patrick Mahomes, first of all. Second, if you remember the first two drives that the Chiefs had, they got inside of our 10-yard line fairly easily. There was like a hold or something on each drive. Mahomes took a sack. Each of those two, third and longs, forced a field goal. Ultimately, that was the difference in the game. Mm -hmm. Like Coming down to the end because of those two field goals, and I don't know how much credit I want to give Joe Barry because if the Chiefs don't, you know, screw up inside of the 10. You know, do I trust Joe Barry and the defense to stop the Chiefs on a third and goal from the four-yard line, say? I understand that that's kind of how Joe Barry's defense is. It's the bend but don't break and wait for the offense to screw up. I just I don't like waiting for the other offense to screw up. I would much rather go make a play, but... That's just me.
2: I feel like if there's a there's a middle ground there, though, because the way that we get rush, like the way that we're able to rush in the red zone, like I think that first one was actually stunted by the uh, Lucas Van Ness sack. Say, yeah. uh-huh. The second one was a holding play, but still it was a, it needed to be a holding player. It was a sack, right? Well, was that the one on Rashawn Gary? Because that one might not
1: have been
2: no was that the one of Rashawn gary where he's coming out to the where he peels off around and yeah, i i don't know i'm just saying there was Rashawn gary's hold probably he was milking that one a little bit but i maybe a little bit but way. the first one for sure i think the first one was lucas van ness sack is what pushed yes, him back yes. they may have had an additional holding call on top of that but they were already like yeah. it was going to be a tough conversion um i think that that creates a huge opening for the rest of the defense. We actually did have a couple of coverage sacks, I felt like, this game. Where, like, the rush wasn't getting there. But, like, he had nowhere. The last three plays of the game, right? Uh, two of the last three. He had nowhere to throw the ball. Like, yeah. when have we seen that? And then the big play does come. Like, the interception comes. Like, I don't know. Like, if you look at just this year, especially to look at the past few weeks, like, the defense is playing complimentary football. They're doing what they need to do shorthanded, right? You have to give the coach some credit, right? Like, uh,
3: yes. But but again, even the interception, like Keyshawn Nixon ran the route for the dude. And he talked in the post totally. about how he saw that switch on film and he made the play. Is that Joe Barry coaching him up? Or is that just Keyshawn Nixon doing his thing, watching film and his instincts allowing him to make a play and I'm just an idiot who does podcasting part-time on the side so I don't know NFL defense maybe I'm being too hard on Joe Barry um fair but, but we would it, criticize I, I them I, I the struggled to, to separate players making plays and Joe Barry putting players into position to make a play but flip that
2: and say nobody's in the right place they're not making plays you blame the coaches, right? Correct. Yep. So I think we got to give him some credit here when the players are in the right position, making the reads, they have to have some credit.
3: So what about Travis Kelsey being wide open every single fucking time they threw him the ball? And I get that he's a really good player. And I'm sure that every single team in the NFL says that when they play the chiefs, but God damn, just make it somewhat competitive with the dude. Just don't turn him loose. The front
1: seven, uh, Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, and Devonta White each had half a sack. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Not like I always scan the box score, but I thought that was interesting. Uh, Kenny Clark, the December. i th- Was this November or December when we played? It must have been December. 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 Well, there you go. Six pressures, had a QB hit along with half a sack like I had just mentioned. Carl Brooks, he's been pretty good. He was, according to Pro Football Focus, the lowest graded player on defense or whatever. Lucas Van Ness, we talked about his solo sack. That is his first one since week one against the Bears. He also surpassed Rashawn Gary's total rookie year snaps this week, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense, right? So here on out, I don't know. It's just, you know with precedent Z back then Gary was in a very small role and it's like hey Preston's or uh LVn Hercules he's getting some more snaps than he did uh JJ graded out pretty well uh he had two pressures and man, I, I just thought him he has been disappointing a little bit this year I thought he'd be better than he's been he only has the one sack on the season and he's kind of really disappeared at times he doesn't get many snaps but but he's been good in the run game though.
2: Yeah, he's been better because at the beginning of
1: the year, he was fucking dull. He's got
2: to have a handful of tackles for loss this year, like two or three.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think so. I don't, I don't know what off the top of my head. Uh, and Quay officially inside linebacker one. But man, again, he's a guy who I thought he was really going to make a name for himself this year. He was almost more impressive his rookie year. And I know he was banged up early on, too. But when we had our mid-year podcast this year, I picked him to be like the defensive player of the second of of the second half and you guys agreed. You're like, Oh shit, you stole him. And it's like, he's kind of disappeared a little bit too. And sticking with inside linebackers too. Devondre Campbell, man, I don't think he's good anymore. He, he's just fucking slow. He wasn't great in the run game and he gave up four completions in coverage. I know he's an inside linebacker, so that's not his bread and butter, but you would like
3: to get a little bit more out of him than that. I was going to say Quay had 13 total tackles according to ESPN. So he's at least in there. But to your point, yeah. Devondre Campbell, four total tackles and only one solo. Yikes from your middle linebacker who played the entire game.
1: And moving on to the secondary, I was surprised Corey Ballantyne, I believe, was the second leading tackler in this game. You don't usually see a corner racking up that many tackles. Darnell uh, Savage was back, his first time back after being on IR for four weeks. He was the highest graded player on defense, according to Pro Football Focus. And the safety snaps went like this. Darnell had 61, Owens had 67, Rudy Ford 7, Anthony Johnson Jr. 6. I think they're still kind of bringing Rudy back slowly, and they kind of have a good problem to have when they have a few safeties that they can play now when, especially training camp, we were like, fuck, we don't have any. We don't have anyone who's good. And now it's like, eh, at least we have decent guys. Um, And one of the more underrated things about the season, and I think we touched on a little bit with Joe Barry on the top there, is how well this defense and the secondary has played with all the injuries or whatever you want to call Razul Douglas. Because Jair, Stokes, Razul all aren't playing right now. And then Savage and Rudy Ford were both out for a few games as well. So i don't, pretty impressed with that, especially now with this nucleus. It's a little weird because it's like, we've been playing well. And it's like, what? Is Jair going to screw it up? I don't think he can, but it's like... I have that
2: same weird feeling recently.
1: Because the whole Jair thing is very, very weird this year. And I talked about it a little bit last week, too. And I have a question for you guys. Who do you think is more likely to be on the Packers in 2025? Jair Alexander or Eric Stokes? Next year is Stokes' last year with the Packers under contract. He's not going to get that fifth-year option unless he comes on the back half of this year and plays really well but who do you think is more likely is it eric stokes gets another deal with us or are we going to keep jair because i i'm wondering if we're going to trade jair in the next year or two now because his relationship with matt lafleur is not good they don't seem to talk much in any time and i've talked about a lot they bring up jair's injury and presser's matt's tone changes and you can tell that they're not on the same page with that shit and that's not uh that's not very good um oh do you guys are you guys gonna answer who do you think who do you think is gonna
2: i say neither
1: okay oh interesting billy hmm
3: uh, oh man
1: okay uh, uh special uh, teams yeah. <laughs> Special teams. Anders made all his kicks, including the two in the last six minutes, the field goals to seal the game. I think all of us are, our, are our, uh, you know, our anus, our sphincters were all tightening up at the oh, end there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that. Uh, good. That's that's good radio.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Crosby signed with the Rams today on their practice squad, so he won't be back with us. But very happy for Mason. That is he, where he, he could. Be. He could. It would be pretty fun to you we, like scooped him up off their practice squad?
2: You can sign a veteran of thirty five years to your practice squad these days. What do you have to pay him? Do you have to pay him vet minimum?
1: That's a very good question. I would assume it he's is on the somehow- practice squad. Because there's always a vet minimum, but right. maybe they probably have a vet minimum for the practice squad now. I, I was going to say, I think they get, okay.
3: I think they probably get like vet minimum if they're on the active roster, but if they're on the practice squad, they get less.
1: But I bet he gets more than a normal practice squad player. I'd right. be willing to bet. And that's I, been a thing too, since COVID where vets can be on the practice squad before it's like, you could only have, you had to have like less than 18 games played or something to be on a practice squad. I believe pre-COVID, but. yeah. Yes. Um Keyshawn Nixon still good on returns. They were kicking away from him, but God, when it gets colder, he's only gonna get better. I believe he had a, a 30 yard average. I think his long was a thirty-five. And I wanted to throw this out there. This is dumb. This is just how my dumb brain works. So Matt Orzich, our long snapper. This week it was the what the fuck? My cause, my cleats, whatever the thing where the NFL's like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna let the players express themselves. Yeah. For one week or one month, whatever, they can wear whatever shoes they want. It's like, wow, Roger Goodell, that is so nice of you. Uh, one thing I thought was funny, uh, Jaden Reed, his, his cause was the American Kidney Fund. And then I was like, oh, Luke Musgrave didn't pick that one. He probably should have done that. But Ooh. Matt Orzich, <laughs> his, and once again, this is me and my dumb brain, was for the International Justice Mission which i think is a hilarious name for an organization it sounds like a
2: movie franchise is batman i was gonna say is that wonder woman and aquaman
1: yeah and it's not as funny in real life because it's something about like human trafficking and shit but it's just now i feel bad (laughs) but in a vacuum international justice mission it's like like if you get a call from a buddy you haven't heard to heard from in like 10 years like dude i need your help you know 20 grand we have an international justice
2: mission you win it's like, it's like what what the fuck does that mean imagine uh, getting that cold call to like donate like yeah from the international <laughs> justice mission i mean, like absolutely not, You're
1: and, not real. and i'd
3: ask them to donate to the human fund
1: <laughs> um i don't know that's all i add for this game i love the packers uh that was that was very fun i like watching football a lot again uh take news
0: football time <laughs> Take
1: news. All right, take news for the week. You know, I talked about it a little bit on the top, but, you know, <laughs> as I've said all along, Rodgers going to the Jets hasn't worked out very well. Packers sticking with Jordan Love now looks awesome. It was the right move. Again, you know, eh, early and I still don't know if drafting Jordan Love in 2020 was the right move. But in 2023, moving on was the correct move far and away with both where both players and franchises were. However, after the game, Matt, and when I was listening to the post-game presser too, he had some great praise for Jordan Love talking about him being a guy, you know, being a dude and how he's like one of the guys. So this is from the post-game little radio thing on ESPN Milwaukee, ESPN Madison, I don't know. And this is Jason Wildy hopping on, talking about Matt LaFleur's comments.
0: Here's the part that really struck me, and tell me, Without, I'm not going to try and influence you in any way, but when I read this, because you know, I love to read on the radio, I want you to tell me what is left unsaid for the end of this quote. And, and said, says, I just never see him get too high or too low, whether it's going good or not so good. He's just a guy that he's matured over these last four years. And it's hard not to root for him. You know, he's such a good person first and foremost. I think all the guys in the locker room they love him. I can tell you all the coaches love him. Just his approach, he's consistent in terms of who he is on a daily basis and he's one of the guys and I think that's important uh-huh. from that position. Mm. Mm. Now, Interesting? I would, I would I would I will let you off the hook and I'll 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 take the shrapnel for people that won't like this. But I think that's directly speaking about the predecessor at quarterback. No. (laughs) No.
2: Where where would you have gotten that from? All
1: right. So I, I thought that was pretty funny, especially after that. The next day, Jason Wilde went on the radio and said that he got yelled at from people within the organization. So once again, the Packers are so in tune with everything going on that Jason Wilde's radio show, when he says something that the Packers don't like They like let him know. And I think he pissed off Matt LaFleur by saying that because he kind of apologized the next day on the radio. But I think it does bring up a good question in an alternate universe. And even in this alternative universe, to make things simple, we still somehow come up with a second-round pick and we get Luke Musgrave, whatever we use for the Aaron Rodgers trade, whatever. Where do you think this team is right now? If Aaron Rodgers stuck around and we still had all of these offensive young weapons, because I think it's just interesting to think about because I have no fucking idea. Jordan Love is obviously leading a different way. And it's funny because uh, I think Wilde's talked about this in the past. And I know I fucking bring up Wilde all the time on this fucking podcast, but how Rodgers learned from Favre. Rodgers saw how Favre kind of isolated himself. And he was willing to actually put blame on players. Like he blamed Vonta Leach for losing a playoff game in like 2004 or some shit. And Rodgers learned from that. He's like, I'm not ever going to directly blame guys. I'm going to be one of the dudes too. Brett Favre always had his press conferences every week at the podium. Aaron Rodgers always had his media availability in his locker room during the week. You know, one of those things like, ah, I'm just one of the normal guys. And now I feel like Jordan Love seeing the way Aaron carried himself the last few years is like, I'm not going to just, you know, isolate guys or like, you know, there was a weird thing, this training camp too, where Romeo Dobbs, they were asked about his relationship with Rogers. And he was like, well, I didn't really talk to him much outside of, you know the game like I hardly ever talked to him and Wilde brought that up to Rodgers as well and Rodgers was like oh I thought we had a good working relationship and I wonder if that's something that kind of changed with Rodgers too but anyways do you think because it would be different we'd still have those scowls and shit with Rodgers staring down these receivers missing routes especially early can you imagine if Rodgers is part of an offense like we had the first half this year but where do you think we'd be at if we stuck around with would be would we
2: have more wins? Would we have less wins? Where would the arrow be pointing, Todd? 9-3 and three or 10-2. and two. Yeah. You think we'd be able to I don't think those close games, I do not think we lose to the Raiders. That's yeah. Cool the schedule. I mean, I don't think we lose to the Falcons. We don't lose to the Saints. We don't lose to the Raiders. We don't lose we beat, to the Broncos. We did beat That's, the Saints, by the way. Oh, sorry. I was looking at the wrong one. Did I say Raiders? Yes. Okay. I don't think we lose to the Vikings. Like, there's – it's a different – he's a different player, right? He's completely different. And that's obviously what you're highlighting, too, in a lot of different ways. Um, There's a lot to unpack there, obviously, what you went through, whether it's Willie's comments and, like, Rodgers, like, not being one of the guys. People forget Rodgers was one of the guys when he started. Yes. It was not always this way. I think there is a big disconnect. Once you're 10 years older from – older than all your receivers, that's a different – world like socially right like so I don't know I think I think we'd have nine or ten wins at this point I guess to answer the question Um, I just I just don't think we lose those close games I think it's not that I think love is putting up with mediocrity but I don't think it would be acceptable in any world for Rogers with some of the mistakes that are happening and I think we'd be maybe a little further along and he would have thrown better balls. I mean, that's just... It yeah. is what it is.
1: There was... Um, I want to bring this up, too, because they've been... Wilde, again, he was talking about this, and I haven't seen really anyone else say this, but he said that privately in the last two weeks, Love did... Berate isn't the right guy, but he did, he did get on a couple receivers for not being prepared and that type of stuff like he got he did get on Good. guys but he but he did it privately which is obviously a much different thing than what Aaron Rodgers was doing Billy
3: Todd I'm just gonna say that you're wrong number one um, <laughs> we'd have 11 I think we, so I think we'd be no, worse I I'm gonna say that we would be right about six and six yeah. honestly because if you remember last year when Rodgers had his guys, he had Randall Cobb, he had Alan Lazard, and what was the offense doing last year? It was dog shit for most of the year. Yeah, we kind of got hot at the end of the year, but I don't know that it's because Aaron Rodgers all of a sudden was the Aaron Rodgers of old. And granted, he might, might or might not have had a broken thumb last year that affected the way that he was playing. But you think about how he's always been with young receivers, and we bring in three youngsters. We bring in Wicks. We bring in Heath. We bring in Reed at wide receiver plus two rookie tight ends. Plus the offensive line is in, you know, complete upheaval because David Bakhtiari either can't play or refuses to play. I'm not going to say, um, John Runyon jr. Hasn't been great. Josh Myers had a rough start to the season. Like I'm not going to sit here and pretend that we come out of the gate and we go four and one or whatever it is. Against the teams that we played, I honestly think we still would have gotten off to a slow start as these young receivers start to learn and get better and become more comfortable in the offense, grow a little bit of rapport with Rodgers. If he's willing to have that patience, which I don't know he's always had, I feel like six and six is about right. And that's where I'm at too, because I I think we beat the shitty teams that we lost to,
1: but I don't think we would have won these last two weeks with Aaron Rodgers. And again, it's a different universe in that.
3: But Bill and he he also didn't run the Matt Lafleur offense, that's, and we're seeing that with Love. Well,
1: so he ran whatever that Matt Lafleur offense was. Whatever we don't we don't we'll never know what that is. But the sign thing is something that hasn't been a variable this year. Remember the whole hand sign thing with receivers back to the McCarthy offense. That obviously has been part of it this year. But I do want to throw this in there too. Because Billy, you were talking about it there too, with just how how would Rogers handle the youth, you know? And I talked a little bit about how Romeo Dubbs felt like that he that Rogers didn't really talk to him. And Rogers was like, oh, I thought we had a good relationship. So I thought this I don't listen to Rogers on <laughs> McAfee anymore. Since he's not our quarterback, I don't really give a shit. But I thought this clip, part of the clip yesterday, of him talking about Jordan Love was interesting and one certain part of it which I'll
0: play right here. So am I surprised by the way Jordan's played? No. Am I happy for him? Hell yeah. You know I think there's you know and there's some people that probably like this but there's some people probably thinking that I was rooting against the Packers this year rooting against Jordan. I couldn't be farther from the truth. I'm not a bitter person about that like obviously I wish things had gotten different when I was in Green Bay and there's things that I wish I had done better um, but I have so much love for the organization. So Obviously, if you know, I,
1: I'm I'm Rogers guy. Still, whatever. I still love Aaron Rodgers. But there's the the two things he said at the end. There, you know, I wish it would have gone differently, and I there are things that I could have done better. And I think he is talking about the way he was treating the young guys the last few years. But in my mind, I really think the way and Rogers was an asshole. Whatever. I don't think it was that bad. But you know, obviously, a lot of people fucking hate him now. But I think it was kind of a self-preservation thing. Some of the best buddies he had on the team the last three years were Alan Lazard and Robert Tunyon. And I think the reason why, and we have saw it with the Jets, obviously, with fucking Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, whoever else joining him there, he he had to go with the guys that he trusted on that offense. And over the last five years, Brian Gutekunst did a fucking awful job of bringing in offensive weapons. The last two years is so much better compared to all the previous years. And I think we talked about it recently too, but it's fucking Amari Rogers, MVS, Jamon Moore, uh, fucking Jimmy Graham, EQ. EQ, Dexter Williams. There was no one really great on offense that Rogers could count on. So he had to develop these relationships with these undrafted, less talented guys who actually knew how the offense was right now. I know I'm fucking sticking up for him and stuff, but None of Goody's draft picks from that era really turned out. And even Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs, who played with Rodgers last year, they're still kind of the guys who were getting the offense slower than anyone else this season. So I don't know. I just thought it was interesting to talk about. You guys have
2: anything else? This is one of my other points or one of my other thoughts as to why the Packers would have been better with Rodgers. Rodgers isn't great with young players, but a lot of the young players he's had – Have fucking sucked. So like, put him with some good young players, and I think he's a lot better. He's not maybe he doesn't have an option this year. He has to throw to him, right? And like, Dontavian Wicks is freaking open. I mean, all the time. Like, he's gonna throw to him, right? Like, that's why I think there would be because Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you could say all the way up until the Steelers game. Probably Aaron Rodgers throw was throwing would have been throwing way better balls right like we haven't really seen things start changing until like the Steelers game yeah. and I just think those close games Rodgers doesn't lose those I think we we handle those teams
3: Aaron Rodgers still is a 40 year old quarterback and he very well still could have torn his Achilles tendon on the third play of the game totally in the opener against Chicago on their shitty turf so totally well yeah. it's not turf yeah yeah so she, grass whatever whatever it is it's trash
1: But it still it goes back to the last playoff game Rodgers played for the Packers. I think Devontae Adams had like six like over fifty percent of the targets. And something else that he said after the twenty twenty-one season was he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. And no matter I think we're all obviously very optimistic about the team now, but going into it, it was definitely a rebuild. And again, I I think Rodgers would have rather retired, which he said. And I kind of half believe him with how I don't think he had much trust in his coaching staff. I think he would have rather retired than come back for a rebuild. But I don't know. We'll I never think know. more
2: than anything, too, like he didn't really see eye to eye with Matt at the end. Yes, I think that was
1: part of it. There's also reports that, and I think part of the quote from Matt, too, where who is he like on a daily basis? Jordan Love is the same guy. It didn't seem like that's what Rodgers were doing. There was reports that they had like scheduled meetings, him and Matt, to go over the game plan, and Rodgers just didn't
2: show up. I don't know if that shit's true, but... I would find that hard to believe, but maybe. He doesn't seem like... For as as diva as people want to make him out to be, he doesn't seem like a skip meetings guy. True, me. true, but I would that say That doesn't this. seem like him at all. So,
1: and this is dumb. Uh, we're talking about this way too long, but Aaron Nagler last year put out a tweet saying that in the last year under Mike McCarthy, the Packers had a QB coach named Frey Cognetti or something. And I knew that relationship was weird because even his pressers, that dude said nothing. And Nagler said that in season, like the first half of the season or something, Rodgers and the quarterback coach did not talk. Rodgers did not talk to the quarterback coach, which is fucking crazy. But the way I think he rationalized it, and I don't know this, but... Mike McCarthy moved on from Alex Van Pelt, the quarterback coach who Rodgers loved, because after the 2016 season, 2017 season, whatever, Brett Hundley was dog shit. And Mike McCarthy said Van Pelt did not get the backup quarterbacks ready to play football. So I think Rodgers was like, oh, well, if you're just hiring a guy to get the backups ready, I don't think I need to talk to him. I don't have to get coached by him. And I think that was probably his rationale, if that actually happened, why he did it you know it just makes sense for the way aaron Rodgers seems to hold grudges and shit like that but he yeah no, so, never mind just do no, nope. move on is just kyle on. an idiot i'm not an idiot okay you sure yes is kyle an idiot for the week uh you guys are over for 500 whatever i don't fucking know i think this is i i picked some intriguing questions this week so this oh. should be good okay First question. Luke Musgrave ruptured his kidney and is now on the IR. What organ did Al Harris rupture in 2008? Spleen. Yes, very good. He did rupture his spleen. He missed a month. I guess you you probably saw me tweet that
2: last week, huh? Maybe. I don't just i just knew it
1: honestly
3: (laughs) that would have been that was my first guess i had no idea
2: it was was a guess i didn't know for sure
1: so i did some digging last week too and i don't want to jinx luke but this spleen injury for al harris is pretty fucking nuts what it led to so al harris with the green Bay packers he played with the eagles the first 10 years of his career he didn't miss a single game he played every single game then he ruptures his spleen in two thousand and eight. He misses four games and he comes back. However, after that, two thousand nine, he came back, <laughs> injured his knee against the Niners, almost ended his career. What was it? It was he tore his ACL, his LCL, his labal band, whatever the fuck that is in your knee, his <laughs> ha- hamstring, all that shit. Comes back the next year. He's on the PUP during the Super Bowl run, if you remember. Comes back, starts practicing, and then the Packers cut him. They ended up giving him a Super Bowl ring, which was pretty cool. Because I, I fucking loved Al Harris growing up, too. Then the next year, 2010... Okay, oh, sorry, 2011, he signs with the Dolphins. He gets a hamstring injury. Doesn't play with the Dolphins after that. Then in <laughs> the next year, signs with the Rams tore his ecl that year as well and if you remember that's when he was barely able to move when jordy fucking caught that like 80 yard touchdown against him rough so he was super healthy up until rupturing his spleen and then everything just broke in his body
3: i'm not a doctor i don't think i could point out the spleen on a a drawing of the human body and well, inner organs
2: funny you should ask i just looked it up and the spleen is actually on your left side adjacent to your stomach and do you want to know what the spleen does sure kind of yeah <laughs> uh it stores blood it filters blood by removing like the waste like part of the lymphatic system if you know yes. what that is right course, yep yeah. so like the it kidneys? also makes well kidneys are specifically fluids i believe
1: in in my research this with is this, blood in my
2: research with this blood is a fluid kidneys are no, 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 like piss fluids. kidneys is <sighs> kidney is piss yeah kidneys that's just like, hold piss it's the out fluid <laughs> um it also is is like the home base for white blood cells which fight off infection cool okay that's that's what the what, more you know dr todd okay
1: yes and i i was looking i i think we were all talking there for a bit uh i was like oh, so how long is musgrave gonna be out and i'm i'm looking i'm like all right well kidneys are bigger than spleens so maybe he'll be out longer than the four weeks but i think it's all about the severity Well, of you the, have two know.
2: kidneys though yeah so, like do you, you know what? need th-
1: there so we I go just, only have one if you just th-
3: cut it out he'll be fine if
2: you're listening
1: to this podcast right now tweet luke musgrave and say hey you got two kidneys you puss go play yeah. <laughs> man up <laughs> yeah. okay Second trivia question. Former Packers running back Ryan Grant was traded to the Green Bay Packers from the New York Giants in 2007 for his sixth sixth round pick. Yes, I thought I said second. I did say sixth. I was correct. He is now the sixth leading rusher in Packers history. Where did Ryan Grant play after Green Bay?
2: Oh, Billy. I mean, I could guess. Oh, boy. Yeah, Billy's really
1: thinking. and. Packers don't count. He did leave to this team and then he came back to the Packers for
2: Is it a part of the I, season? I like, almost want to say Billy just to I guess fill just, the just silence. Just th- 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 throw
3: out an idea. I was going to say
2: I was going to say the Saints. And then I also was thinking for some reason Kansas City. But those are my two thoughts. They could both very well be completely wrong. 5 4 I don't think it's the Saints. Three. Um
1: Two, one. Billy? We'll go
3: go with the Chiefs. I don't think that's right, but we'll go with it. It was the
1: Washington Redskins, which is. Never would have got that. Kind of funny for two reasons. One, Ryan Grant had a pretty funny bit where he kept tweeting the NFL sent Ryan Grant a check for Ryan Grant, the receiver who was playing for the Chiefs in 2014. So it was after. Oh,
2: that's why I thought the Chiefs.
1: Oh, because it's the Redskins, same kind of... No, because Ryan Grant
3: played for the
2: Chiefs. Oh, he played there too? No. I thought we were just talking about Native American adjacent No, 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 I thought, didn't you just say Ryan Grant played for the
1: Chiefs, the receiver? Sorry, I'm sorry. Ryan Grant played for the Redskins, and that's why the Chicks got fucked up.
2: Yeah, okay.
1: I've had two. Yeah, beers. Ryan That's way Ryan too many Grant, the
3: running back, played for the Redskins, but there was also a Ryan Grant, the wide receiver that yes. played for the Redskins. So I actually wasn't
2: wrong. I just didn't know but, but positions are the, there. the the question was
1: the team, but yes. And the other funny thing about that too is Matt LaFleur was the quarterback coach at the time when Ryan Grant was with the uh with the Skins. Oh. Third question. One to one for the week, right? Did you get the, yeah, you got the first one right away. Okay. Third question. <gasps> What is it? What Packers defensive back? Oh, yes. What Packers defensive back was cut going into the Super Bowl season in 2010, but went on to win a Super Bowl with the Giants in 2011? This this one is tough.
2: Cut. Cut preseason? Cut before the season in 2010? Is that what you said? Or cut he, during the season? He was cut before the season, I believe. Okay, so wasn't on the roster in 2010. Oh. Defensive back. You guys
1: are him and Han. He was a good return man. I don't know. He had he had the will to return.
2: Will Blackman. Wow. Wow. Very good. Yes, it was. Wow. Didn't didn't Wait, that up. No. Will Will Blackman was on the Super Bowl team nope he was not he was cut before oh, it was jared bush that caught the yes, the yes. Interception. Pick, <laughs> <ball>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i got that's, a mix up sorry it's it jared bush that makes sense
1: but yes will blackman a uh, bit of an underrated player he was the first like really good uh, maybe really good tough but he was good good punt returner here here's a name you haven't heard in a while antonio chapman i remember antonio chapman returning the 80 yard punt for a touchdown. That was the first. So that was in 2005. The previous punt return touchdown for the Packers was 2001 by Alan Rossum. And then Will Blackman had one in like 2008 or something. But he, but Will Blackman had three punt return touchdowns for the Packers, which is pretty fucking he good. He was good.
3: Yeah. Tremont had one at one point before he was a, a starter. Tremont
1: had a return touchdown too. And I should have dug into this. I think it was like a fake field goal punt. It was a goofy play, yeah, wasn't it? That's right.
3: Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I wish our facts He, he wasn't a regular punt returner. It I it was feel like it was against play. the Raiders It was something 20...
1: like that. It eleven was, maybe. I, I I thought it was sooner than that. I thought it was like two thousand and eight,
3: but I could be wrong. Billy, do you have a stump spinny for me? I do. Cool. Uh the last time that the Packers beat Tampa at Lambeau was in 2017 a game that we won 26 to 20 in overtime as a callback in theme to last week's question who had a scoop and score for Green Bay in that game 2017 it was against the Bucks correct so that was Jameis Winston yep 26 to 20 in overtime. If and you score. remember Aaron Jones came off the bench in overtime and had like a 20-yard touchdown run. To I was going to say
1: I I was I thought that was going to be the question. I'm like I think it was Aaron Jones. So I could be wrong. Maybe it was earlier than this. But I got to shoot my shot anyways and if Shane Trenner is listening to this, he knows what I'm going to guess here. Was it Dean Lowry? It was Dean Lowry. Yeah, cuz I, I always make the joke. Like, I've always said it. You know, I've always said this about Dean Lowry. If if Dean Lowry gets in the open field, you're not gonna catch him. And that was true that day at Lambeau Field against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes. I just it was like a pick too. I think I think Winston like threw it because he's a goofy player anyways, but it like was a fumble throw, you know, floated up in the air and Dean Lowry caught it pretty much at
3: his feet. It was it was tournament. one of those fluky plays where it's like, Who the hell has the ball? Oh my god, it's Dean Lowry. He's doing something good. <laughs> yeah.
1: If, well, that that's when it was early on. We were like,
2: oh, does this guy have potential? But no, that was literally the peak of his career. So, yeah. 2007, Green Bay versus Carolina. Tremont Williams Carolina. had a 94-yard punt that's return. That's what it was. 94-yard punt return. See, I think it was like a kick. I
1: think I think that's what it was. That's I think probably it, what it was. It was a fake
3: a pooch kick.
1: <laughs> yes, it was a fake field goal pooch punt. I bet that's what it was. I don't know. There's no way we could ever find this out. But... With that, the Packers-Giants preview in New York. Kickoff is at 7.15. The game will be on ESPN. And Who, ABC. And ABC. Yeah, that kind of fucks me up sometimes because I have YouTube TV, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are on the call, which is pretty cool. Once again, if... Potentially? No, they are. are was Monday it, night games? It was confirmed that they will be on the call. I saw that yesterday. But yeah, okay. the Dolphins and whoever else are playing. If there's something else i learned this year it is how much like getting the premier announcers i i never want to hear jonathan velma i never want to hear mark sanchez ever again fuck those guys um the over guess what the over under is for this game
2: oh good question i don't know uh 46 i was gonna say high 40s 37
0: Wow. I I I
1: I was shocked seeing that today. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't, uh,
2: doesn't hit the over.
1: Yeah, bode well for the Packers, but the Packers are six and a half point favorites. This is only the second time we've been favored all year. The other time was against the, the Rippin Rams. No, the oh. Bears were favored at home to start the oh, season. That's right, Rippin, who <laughs> right. signed with the uh, Jets today after they cut Tim Boyle. But yeah, the Giants are four and eight, coming off a of bye. They previously beat the Patriots seven to ten, and what a fun game that it must have been for them to watch. Team stats: their offense is not good. The team is fucking dog shit. They're 31st in points per game at 13.3, 32nd in yards per game at 258. They're 24th in yards per carry at 3.9, and 29th in yards per pass at 5.2. They have the 11th most turnovers in the league, and they have one of the worst offensive line in football, with the worst pass blocking. No team has allowed more sacks than the Giants, and they're the second worst run blocking <laughs> offensive line in the in the NFL. Tommy DeVito, as we mentioned last week, he's Italian or some shit. Uh, he's their quarterback. He has a rating of 92 on the season, seven touchdowns, three picks. Daniel Jones played one more game than DeVito and had two touchdowns and six <laughs> picks. But everyone, I, I haven't watched DeVito play. Everyone says he's dog shit, like he throws kind of a pretty ball, but he's bad. Um, Shaquan, Saquon, I said Shaquan. <laughs> Shaquan's kind of a more fun name. Yeah. Shake shake it off. Remember Taylor Swift? whatever, We only saw her once. Hips don't lie. Shaquan runs whatever. Uh six hundred and ninety-seven yards on the season, a four point two average. Uh he's like, you know, the super AJ Dillon. Uh Darius Slayton is their leading receiver with four hundred and thirty-five yards. He might be hurt. He was banged up against the Patriots, so there hasn't been an injury report or anything yet this week with them playing on Monday. Um, Darren Waller the tight end is the second leading receiver and then the Ricky Jalen Hyatt who had some Packers rumors going into the draft is their third leading receiver and again the offensive line is terrible their defense also not good. This team, it's crazy that the Giants made the playoffs last year and that fucking Ty Dune was hyping them up. And, I... and
3: they beat the Vikings. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's, yeah, the Vikings beating them really fucked up that entire franchise. Uh, they're 26th in points per game on defense, allowing 24.3. 28th in yards per game with 364. They're 30th in yards per rush at 4.8, and tw- which is worse than us, which is fucking nuts. And 22nd in yards per pass, 6.7. Eighth in turnovers per game and 30th in sacks per game. Like I said, they they don't even sack very well. Um, Tavion Thibodeau has 11 sacks for him. Dexter Lawrence, the defensive tackle, who's pretty good, has four. He also might be hurt. He got banged up against the Patriots. And then Bobby Okurek is their solid inside linebacker, who's ranked fifth in stops and tenth in pass coverage, according to Pro Football Focus. But yes, the New York Giants in what is it MetLife Stadium right with that shitty turf yep. they got there where everyone's tearing their Achilles tendons but I don't know it's it's weird for like a comeback to earth type game you know we like I I think I was the most optimistic of the three of us halfway through the season saying I think we're going to win one out of the next three games against the Chargers Lions and Chiefs and we fucking won all of them and now we have the Giants it's like it it's dumb but i'm like i'm curious to see how this team plays as a front runner again this is only the second time we've been favored all year and now we're going up against a pretty shitty giants football team what do you guys think
2: i think it's going to be i think you hit the over first of all i think that we're actually going to put some <sighs> some good numbers up i guess maybe you need to right so if the giants aren't hitting i guess maybe i don't know yeah. i do think They're going to have a nice showing that defense is garbage. The offense is worse. Uh, We're probably going to get the ball back a lot. Just give love of the receivers more opportunities. Uh, Is Aaron Jones, what is the, is he coming back soon? So he was declared out
1: going into the game, which isn't a great sign. Again, they haven't practiced yet this week. I wouldn't be, I'm going to guess he's going to be questionable going into the game, but he won't play.
2: I was going to say, if there's a game to sit out and get healthy, this is the one, you know, in the near future. So I think, I, I don't know. I feel good about the game. It's the best I felt about a game in a while. Um, cool. Yeah, kind of, kind of feels like it's nice to have these little mini buys, too, right? To have. Yes. I mean, that's actually pretty awesome. So maybe people can get healthy. We go into the box with a couple more key
3: players. Billy Boy. I'm with you, Todd. I I think this is the kind of game where Joe Barry's defense feasts on a young, inexperienced quarterback without any real, you know, weapons to throw to. Like, you you look at their wide receiving core, and it's like, it's just a bunch of guys. It's not really anybody that scares you. Darren Waller is on IR. Like he's oh, he is on, on IR. Fuck, okay. He's on <laughs> his way that. back. I, okay. I don't know that he's you know been activated or anything like that but you know saquon is really the one that scares me and we we don't have a good run defense and pacheco was tearing us apart uh for the chiefs last week so that gives me some pause to see if the giants can control the game but the way the offense has been playing it feels like we're going to be able to move the ball and make the giants play from behind yep and that's what was key. You know, I think we kind of touched
1: on a little bit with Joe Barry, but especially this week, the last two weeks, I should say, this is how Joe Barry's defense has always been designed to be. Get a lead, pin your ears back, rush the quarterback, have success, and that's what they've been able to do. And hopefully Mr. Tommy DeVito can throw up some some airmail to us, maybe maybe some picks. I don't know. But either way, I don't know. I feel pretty optimistic. Do we Are we ready for predictions right now already? Yeah, yeah? yeah. Okay. So my score prediction, I have the Green Bay Packers winning 10 to 27. Oh. Yeah, it just – that's the thing. I don't think the Giants are going to score much, but I don't want to say we're going to score 30. You know, I feel pretty good about us, but I don't know. It, it's still very – the team is so young, so many variables. I still think we're going to have a shitty game out of one of these last five, but – I don't think it's going to be against New York.
2: I had uh 33 16 pack. Um I just Ooh. I do think it's a big offensive week for us. Um we're just we're hot right now and I think that we keep that up. I think that that, that front four is going to feast. And we're going to get the ball back a lot and I think that that's going to be the scenario. I don't think we're going to be maybe super efficient. It's not going to be, you know, it's not going to
3: be a clinic. But I think we're going to get the ball back enough that we're going to put up 30 points. Very cool. I'm I'm with you, Todd. I feel like this is a game where the offense goes out and continues the momentum that they've been building the last several weeks. The defense comes out and, like I talked about before, shows, shows out against a team with an inexperienced quarterback. I'm going to say 34-13 Green Bay.
1: Oh shit, well wow, that's a real shit kicker there. <laughs> okay. Um so bold predictions. I have maybe my dumbest bold prediction ever. Maybe one of probably the dumbest bold prediction since Hank gave them out. So I want you two to go first and then and then I'll I'll mind.
2: I had seven seven and a half sacks for the front four. <laughs>
1: oh my god. Dude, that is that is too for bold. The front I, don't, I don't know if
2: that's happened. I'll just the front seven. Front seven. Just say seven sacks, period, dude. I think this line is tough, and on their injury report, there's a couple guys banged up, too, even on the line. Like, uh, this is not a good offensive line, and I think the last three weeks, last two weeks especially, our front four has been playing lights out.
3: I've got Jordan Love with a career-high four touchdown passes against New York. Okay. Over 300 uh, yards? Four touchdown passes. Oh,
1: my bold prediction: I have two touches for Henry Pearson. He is on the practice squad. Okay. I hope he gets pulled up again. I don't know if Josiah Deguara is. He seemed. I wouldn't be shocked if he gets cut in the next few weeks too, because he he was even practicing last week and he was a healthy scratch. It seemed like. Has Deguara played? He's played.
3: Yeah, not well, but he's played this year. It's just i don't know i just don't remember seeing him out there maybe he was out there on thanksgiving but no i don't
1: no he wasn't out for the thanksgiving game because that was uh pearson's first game he, he okay. replaced his role but yes okay very good that is this week's episode if you want to leave a five-star review that'd be great that'd be cool um fuck oh we
2: did have a review too. <laughs> Ooh, also, you can Hulk hit Hulk. the quarterback if they're in bounds,
3: even if it's patching the homes. Yeah, just I know. in case we, people are wondering. And well, just just depends on what officiating crew you have. That's true.
1: That was that's that was a good me call. Me more than there was
2: plenty of bad calls. So that, we, no, that was a bad call. Sorry.
1: A review from last week. Again, you, if you leave a fucking review on Apple, I will read it no matter what you say unless there's racist or bad things. Laid back and enjoyable to listen to. One of the best Packer podcasts out there. This is from the Chum Dumpster. <laughs> One of the best Packer podcasts out there. Great production quality. If YT would produce oh. a Packer podcast, this would be it. Uh, it does YT just mean YouTube? Because if YouTube would produce a Packer podcast, I don't I, know. I would is YT like it, like? it sounds like it could be a rapper that's what i kind of thought too but i have no idea look forward it's got to be youtube and relish every weekly installment The trivia questions are thought-provoking and entertaining keep up the great work um the last thing to bring up corrections from last week oh. podcast went out i listened back and i always try to find whatever i fuck up if i can edit it out whatever we didn't talk about Rashawn gary with the lions game when he had three yeah. sacks and a game right. ball. we did not at after. all I don't think
2: we. I think we did in passing, but we hardly we didn't. Say we might have talked about it before, in like the leading up to the pod, because I feel like we talked about it, but not, but not
1: during it. Like he, yeah, he I, th- got,
3: I think we might have mentioned, but not like, dude, Sean Gary.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. So uh, that was the biggest. Correct.
3: Sorry, Rashawn, My fault.
1: Very sorry. I mean, he cried again. He he said, you know, he's got to stop crying in front of the team and all that shit. And it was very nice because obviously, you know, he There's... tore his ACL in Detroit a year earlier and then comes back.
2: They win the game. Three sacks. Huge game from him. So, if you're a fan of the Packers and you like pay attention at all to Rashawn Gary, like it, there is nobody out there that's more worthy of rooting for than Rashawn Gary. Like that dude. Like his story coming up. Like couldn't read for whatever had dyslexia and stuff like that and then like the dude's just a workaholic and a baller like i don't know it's, again what a good know, guy
1: i talked earlier about how you know rogers learned from far what not to do love le- learned from rogers what not to do and i'm like ah oh. rashawn saws darius smith and was like this guy fucking sucks he's an asshole he's a fake fake
2: <laughs> tough guy all that shit I'm but be, he, be a good guy but he claimed his weed so that's true again forget.
1: biggest bro move he had with the that's, packers was i mean yeah a cool way too he told the cop you could put it on me <laughs> for, the, yep. for the possession charge yep but, uh other than, uh well, i think i said this last week uh, we don't have to jordan love has a possession card charge from college you guys have anything else
0: nope
3: the one thing i have <laughs> okay. i'm going through my records oh I've picked against the Packers the last six weeks before this week on this <laughs> podcast. I'm ashamed. I'm sorry. I'm not picking against the Packers the rest of the year. You okay. should
2: keep picking against them.
3: Nope. Too late. Locker room material.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure everyone cares about Billy's opinion. Second, Uh-oh. go Packo. Okay. With that, Eric Huskin, please don't sue us.
0: Quit my job. Yeah, cause it just won't pay. I worked all year,
2: and I worked all month, then they took my money away. Yeah,
0: well now I don't care. Stay ain't working like
3: I'm not a big watermelon guy. I don't what? like watermelon that much. Me neither. I, it's almost the I bigger the fruit, it. the worse it gets. That, really? yeah. not yeah. true. Blueberries are probably the best. You're, okay, e- everyone would You're agree. making valid no. points, but <laughs> no.
2: watermelon is great.
3: <laughs> pineapple is the best, period. Pineapple, Fresh pineapple, pineapple is, is pretty big, Fantastic. though. It's a pretty big fruit.
1: I think mango is solid as well. Do you like cantaloupe? No, absolutely not. Cantaloupe is the ultimate filler fruit. If there's like a, a salad, like a fruit salad, it's like, oh, there's a shit. To, or sorry, what's the green one? Muskmelon. No,
3: no, no. Mu- yeah. Honeydew. Honeydew, honeydew is I think the same I'm
2: thinking as
1: muskmelon. Oh, muskmelon. Is that some Iowa shit? Is that base baseverse inlet? Re- regardless.
3: I, I thought it was like-
2: musk with s's whatever that
3: whatever it is whenever there's like a mixed fruit bowl like that with honeydew and cantaloupe and pineapple and strawberries and blueberries i take okay. like generous spoonfuls and i always choke down the garbage crap first but, okay so that i'm left with like the good shit